Romans 14 is going to be in that Pew Bible on page number 838. So, 838 is the page number in the Pew Bible. Romans 14 will begin uh, reading in the seventh verse. Verse number eight is going to be our focus. Romans 14, 7 says, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Let's not stop there, but look at verse number 9. For to this end, the thing that we just read in regards to life and death, in regards to us being the Lord's, look what verse number 9 says. It was to this end that Christ both died and rose and revived and that he might be Lord both of the dead and living. So we'll, we'll just read that for this morning because, like I said, verse number 8 is where our focus will be. Let me ask you the question. We just read the text. The answer is in the verses. The answer is in the 8th verse. Who are we? Hmm? We are the Lord's. I couldn't see her lips either. It's my own wife. She's in the front row. Maybe it's my eyes. Who are we? We are the Lord's. Are you? I mean, we could answer that question in different ways if we didn't have the text, couldn't we? I'm a Christian. Well, it says we. Well, we're the church. We're the, we're the church here in Cheetah. But you gave the right answer in the text. It says we are. You know, according to what we're looking at, we are the Lord's. So well, what does that mean? Hmm? Does it mean we belong to him? Bought with the price. What kind of price, brother? The precious blood of Jesus Christ. We were bought. By. Now, as we take that thought and we apply it to where we are in Romans 14, our interactions with one another, stronger, weaker, this is... This is somebody that that we're interacting with who has been bought by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Take care how you handle one another. Take care how you speak to one another. I said to somebody recently, we are one conversation away from discord. All the time. Pray, pray, pray. How blessed, how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. And that's the thing that we are to strive towards, keeping the unity amongst ourselves. This bond that we have in Christ, you know, amongst ourselves, keeping that intact. So take care. We are the Lord's. So there's the other side of it, right? We belong to him. Okay. He's ours. What else? If we mistreat each other as his children, hmm, we're his. Guess what? I'm not going to go over there if Adriana did something that if my 
child had done. I'm sorry, Adrian. I'm picking on you. But if yeah, I don't see you very often. But if she did something, I'm not going to go over there and discipline her. She's not mine. Now, she is related to me. Some of the same blood that courses through my veins courses through her veins. We're related. But that still does not give me the right to discipline her. That's, that's her parents. And even if I was her grandmother, I got to tread kind of lightly there a little bit. I can get sideways with my daughter or my son, you know, if I start stepping in somewhere, you know. Um, but you understand what I'm saying. I don't want to get, you know, too deep into that. What am I saying? We're the Lord's, right? And if we're his, then he's going to do what? If we misbehave, he's going to chasten us, isn't he? And, and, and we're, are, we, are we glad for that? Yes. It's, it's a sign of what? Belonging. We're his child. You know, he's, going to, he's going to discipline us because we belong unto him. You know. So let's go to Lord in prayer and then we'll, we'll be seated and we'll get into the, the message. That kind of gives you a nutshell, you know, what we're talking about. Father, as we bow before you, um, Father, we're, 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 we're taking into our hands and handling the very Word of God. Uh, and, and we want to rightly divide the Word of truth. We want to be faithful, you know, to, to the truth. We want to be faithful to the text. Um, we, we want to hear what it is that, that you would, would say unto us. Um, so, Father, we just ask that you would speak, that we not hear, as Brother Donnie's already prayed, the voice of a man, but that we would hear from God. We want to hear from you, Father. So we look unto you this morning and ask that you would speak unto us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So some might take me to task about taking the direction and they might say liberty with the text to preach what I'm going to preach this morning. Well, that's not exactly the application there, brother. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to give to you what the Lord has given to me, okay? And then you decide, all right? What is it Brother Johnny says? Um, you remember what it is? I thought I heard you say something. No. Uh, right truth, wrong text. <laughs> Um, so anyway, that's what I was referring to. But we are the Lord's. That's there, isn't it? We, I mean, what else can we say about that except, Donnie, we belong to him. In life and in death, we are his. He's right, whatever he does with us. We're his property. We belong to him. I, I worked with a guy one time that, that he was um, part of a church that 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 they had they'd come up with a dormitory for the the college age kids to stay in they called it god's property well that's you know i certainly didn't agree with all the things that church taught but but i will say this we are his we belong to him we we sing that hymn we haven't we haven't sung the hymn in a long time 
Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Somebody tell me the next words that I'm thinking about. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. That's a good admission, isn't it? Does the, does the clay have power over the potter? Or does the potter have power over the clay? The way some people act, you would think the clay had power over the potter. But that's not the case, is it? What a, what a, a glorious thing to be able to admit. Hmm? Because the opposite of that's rebellion, right? Lord, I'm the clay. You're the potter. Do with me what you will. Uh, whatever you do is better than anything I could do. You know, you're the potter. I'm the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I'm what? Because that has to do with the humility, humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. While I am waiting, yielded, and still. Does the scripture tell us? Be still. Right? And what? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted, he says. I will be. There's no doubt. God's going to be exalted. Every knee's going to bow. Every tongue's going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And it's going to be every tribe, every kindred, every tongue, every color of people, blue eyes and blonde hair. Uh, Bobby's not in here. I was going to say no hair, but... He does have hair. He has hair. And he would, he would take that. If I thought it bothered him, I wouldn't say it. But it, He could probably give more than I could take. But he, he, he can probably take more than, than I could give, actually, himself. But um, he has to put up with all those firefighters in that firehouse. I hear about some of the stuff they do to each other. They've got to pass the time when there's not a fire. <laughs> And can you only wash the fire truck so many times, you know. And then somebody else is going to get wet. (laughs) And they might be asleep, you know, when it happens. But whether we live or we die, we are the Lord's. Where he is. That just for the believer? Is the believer the only one that belongs to him? I mean, there is a special sense in which the believer belongs to him, right? You know, but all men... All people, all belong you know, to him. Whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Whatever state we find ourselves in at death, we're the Lord's to do with. He's judge. He's jury. He's the executioner of the sentence. You know? um, but in that special sense, you know, here we're, 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 we can absolutely say this in Romans 14, that who's being spoken to are believers, right? We are the Lord's. So we, we know that's a reality. Whether we live or we die, whether state that we are in in life or death, as a believer, we're, we're his. And what's the Lord going to do to us? Is he going to do us harm? Or is he only ever going to do what is good and right? Isn't that pleasant? Uh, that, that encompasses some difficult places, doesn't it? Um, the Lord giveth. The Lord taketh away. Job bowed down and worshipped and said, 
The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Think about, oh, Eli and the news that Samuel didn't want to have to give him. You remember that night, Samuel's hearing the Lord speak, and he thinks it's Eli calling him, and he runs in there and he says, did you call? I didn't call you, go back to bed. So he hears again, runs in there, did you call? No, and this happens, you know, enough times that Eli's like, you know, three times, right, sister? Yeah, happens enough times that Eli's like the Lord speaking. I tell you what, when you go back and you hear again, you answer. It's the Lord speaking to you, you know. You know, Lord, here I am. Speak. You know, your servant, your servant hears, you know. Um, and he spoke to Samuel. And Samuel had some words for Eli. And what was Eli's response? And Because he told Samuel, he said, you tell me everything the Lord said. You don't hold anything back. Because he could tell the young man didn't want to say everything that he had been told. Eli said, it's the Lord. Let him do what seemeth to him good. We're the Lord's, right? It's the Lord. Let him do what seemeth to him good. How about David when he had numbered the people? You remember? And the Lord told him to choose from these things. And David said, Lord, I don't want to choose. You're a gracious God. You choose. You choose whatever the thing would be. We're the Lord's. In life or in death, I thought about Romans 8.38, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life shall be able to separate us. We're the Lord's in death, in life. Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, right? Which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we're his life and death. We belong to him. And we are his to do with whatever he pleases. That would be an impossible statement. Think about the young man that we talked about this morning. Right? God's right in whatever he does. God's right to do as he pleases because he's righteous. He can't do any wrong. It's not possible. He's completely and utterly righteous and holy. There's not, there's not any wisdom or knowledge that he doesn't have. You know, there's, there's nothing that he lacks. There's not power that he doesn't have. Whatever he... We sang the hymn, right? What my God ordains is right. Some of the time? All the time. All things, right? Right. That'd be an impossible statement. We are His to do with whatever He pleases if we did not have the gift of faith and the love of God should have brought in our hearts. If we didn't have what God has given us, we would have trouble receiving that word we'd have trouble believing you know that word not that we still don't have trouble sometimes and we we're afraid we're afraid sometimes and yet we know that whatever god ordains is right and yet we still get afraid don't we and the lord says unto us fear not over and over in scripture fear not fear not fear not all is done towards our good all is done towards our Redemption, all is done towards our sanctification. It's all for our good. We're the sheep of his pasture. He's the great shepherd. You know, I mean, he gives his life for the sheep. A, a beautiful picture of what we're talking about here. Deuteronomy 33.12 says this. 
and of Benjamin, he said, the beloved of the Lord shall dwell in safety by him, and the Lord shall cover him all the day long, and he shall dwell. Anybody know this verse? He shall dwell where? No, 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 no. That's in Deuteronomy. Anybody know? No, that's a different place. But he shall dwell between his shoulders. Now, I've got a little brother who has a little baby, right? And right now, that little baby's not real mobile. And sometimes even when they are mobile, you know, but you pick them up and where they dwell, right here. But isn't, that a, isn't that a precious picture, you know, that we have of, of the Lord in us, that we dwell between his shoulders? I mean, here he is holding us, embracing us, carrying us, uh, loving us. To be in that place, that's a beautiful picture. Um, you know, I, I know we can see it maybe more a little bit than, than uh, in, 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 in a mother and a child. Um, but there's lots of times I'm lay, I would, I'd be laying on the couch and the, the, the kids were little and, and they were laying right there on top of me, you know, and we were both asleep. Um, so he shall dwell between his shoulders. Um, you see the picture of where we dwell? Um, you know, in his arms, you know, talking about nothing being able to pluck us out of his hand, you know, talking about that place of being held there, um, that gives you a picture of how helpless we are too, right? I mean, we're pretty helpless, aren't we? Um, you know, I, 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 Brother Conrad used to use a, uh, and I know I talk about him a lot, but he was, he was very influential in my life, so you'll have to bear with me. But he would talk about how helpless you know, a, a human baby is compared to, to, to other creatures in the animal kingdom. And he would talk about a possum. And he would talk about that, that a baby possum had to climb through about a mile of hair, you know, to get to where it could be nourished, you know. <laughs> and, but it, it did that. The baby possum did that. You know, we, we come into this world and we're, we're, we're helpless. We can't do anything for ourselves. You know, calf's born. I mean, I don't know how many calves you've seen born in your lifetime, Brother JT. Probably a few. They, they hit the ground usually standing, you know. Um, they get right up. Uh, we don't start walking when we get here. Wouldn't that be something? Go into the hospital and maternity ward and all these little babies walking around, you know. <laughs> and that doesn't happen, does it? You know, we're pretty helpless. Uh, but a colt, you know, born, gets right up, you know. Giraffe, even with that long neck and big old long lanky legs, you know, gets up and starts walking around. Uh, but not us. Not us. The Lord carries us. And think about that picture of even to our gray hairs. You know, King James calls them hoary hairs. You know, they're gray hairs, what that word means, that he carries us. And we've talked about the fact that he's been carrying us all along, hasn't he? There hadn't been a time he hadn't been carrying us. He's been carrying us the whole time. Well, thinking about this, we are the Lord's, okay? I want you to turn to Acts 27. And while you're turning there, I will, um, I'll give you some, some background. In Acts 26, Paul's standing before Agrippa, if that helps you any. And Paul, having stood before Agrippa, what had he done? He had appealed, before he spoke, he had appealed unto Caesar. And, you know, in the end of chapter 26, Agrippa says well, he might have been let go if he hadn't, he hadn't done anything wrong. He might have been let go if he hadn't appealed to Caesar. 
But then we get into um, chapter 27, and this is Paul's voyage to, to Italy, to Rome. And you're probably familiar with this. I'll, I'm, I'm going to read through some of it. Um, verse 27, I mean, verse number one, rather, of chapter 27 says, And when it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band, or Augustus's band. And entering into a ship, we launched and sailed across the coast of Asia. You can see I'm skipping through some things already. Um, the next day, verse number three, they touched at Sidon, and Julius courteously, courteously, imagine this, Paul's a prisoner, right? It says that he courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go unto his friends to refresh himself. Isn't that something? I mean, this is a prisoner. Who grants such favor in the eyes of men, even the eyes of our captors? God does. He's, he's holding Paul between his shoulders. I know that's an interesting picture, but, but he is here. Liberty to go to his friends to refresh himself. And verse number four says, We launched from thence, sailed unto Cyprus. The winds were contrary. We'd sailed over the sea uh, of Cilicia and Pamphylia, came to Myra, a city of Lycia. And there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy, and he put us therein. And when he had sailed slowly for many days, and scarce were come over against Snidus, the wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete, over against Salmon, and hardly passing it, came unto a place which is called the Fair Havens. That sounds nice, unless you're a prisoner. Nigh whereunto was the city of Lycia. Now when much time was spent and the sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said, basically, don't go. There's going to be loss if you go. Nevertheless, the centurion believed, verse number 11, the master and owner of the ship, more than those things that were spoken by Paul. Now, that's important because later it's going to be quite the different story. So, didn't believe Paul, but believed the master of the ship instead. Verse 12 says, And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Finis and <clears throat> there to winter, which is an haven of Crete, and lieth toward the south and west and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, you know, they probably thought, huh, well, glad we didn't listen to Paul. You know, there's a nice breeze. You know, we're sailing right along. Things are going great. Supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete, but not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Euroclidon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship, and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, they strake sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship, and the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Verse 21. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me. Now, he wasn't taking a 
saying, I told you so, in a mean way. But he was saying, I told you so. And should not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm. You know, we don't really think about harm as gain, do we? (laughs) Profit is gain, but they gained harm and loss. Verse 22 says, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be, now remember what I said before, they wouldn't listen to Paul before, but now Paul's speaking again. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. And this is the part that I'm getting to. What we, what we say? Who are we? We're the Lord's, right? Verse 23, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am, and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. You know probably the rest of the story here, but verse 23 is the verse that I was wanting to get to. What does Paul say? We are the Lord's, doesn't he? How do he say it? He says it here. It says, God whose I am and whom I serve. You know, what does it mean to belong to him. We're the Lord's. That means we belong to him. What does it mean to belong to him? We're his. What does Paul say here? I serve him. I serve this God. Uh, they, they served lots of gods. They served many gods. Paul served the true and living God. And they wouldn't listen to him before, but they listened to him here. And, it, and at a point later on in the chapter, the soldiers were about to kill all the prisoners. But Julius, I had to look back to see what the centurion's name was. Julius said, stay your hand. Because he wanted to do what? He wanted to spare Paul. And he was now taking Paul's words. Instead of the master of the ship, he's taking Paul's words. And you remember at one point they tried to escape. You know, those, they were like rats trying to get off the ship, right? And so these sailors decided they were going to get in the boat and take off themselves and leave everybody else behind. And Paul told them, said, if they, if they leave, you can't be spared. And so they cut the ropes. You imagine that centurion with that blade cutting through those ropes. And the boat falls, and they're all in the same boat at that point. You know, we use that as a saying, don't we? We're all in the same boat. At that point, they're all in the same boat. But that's the point. Whose I am. Can you say what Paul says here? I ask everybody's heart here today. Can you say what Paul says here? I'm the Lord's. I know we said we are the Lord's, but can you say I am the Lord's? You know, can you say that? Do you know that to be true? Do you know it to be true to the degree that whatever it is that's going on with you right now, whatever it is that's happening in your life right now, that you can say, I'm the Lord's. That you can say, I belong to him. That you can say, whatever you do, Lord, is right. Whatever you do, Lord, is good. I'm yours. You're the potter. I'm the clay. I'm going to trust you. You do with me as you see fit, as you deem best. And you're, we were talking about my mom this morning. You know, and I only say it to illustrate, not to build her up in any way, but I only say it to illustrate the thing that ought to be true about all of us. I don't know that I would have given the response that she gave. When she goes to the doctor and she finds out we're still working together every day at the insurance office, and so the next opportunity I had to talk to her about her doctor visit, what'd they say? 
It's Parkinson's. I'm like, well, what do you say? You know, I'm, you know what you want to say, but how do you say it? You know, um, she said it. However, the Lord chooses to glorify Himself. Whatever the Lord chooses, whatever the Lord does is right. I'm going to trust in Him. You know, that, she didn't say all those words, but she said, essentially what she said to me was, really, however the Lord chooses to glorify himself. Now, would that have been my response? What it, Brother Jerry says, or mine. Well, take into account, okay, that in our estimation of things, we're receiving this news. We haven't been through all the steps that she's been through. You know, so had we had the opportunity to go through all the things that she's been through, all the thoughts, all the emotions, you know, everything that goes into it, all the prayer, does prayer change the Lord? It changes us. You know, we get on our knees and that's when we're saying, Lord, whatever you choose is right. You know, and we may have to spend a lot of time in prayer to get to that point, but you know, the Lord brought her down that road to give that response. I mean, think about Job. I mean, what a response. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yes. Yes, as if it's already happened. Yeah. It's already. Yeah. Right. And and mm-hmm. Yes. Right? And so the peace with God part? Here we find out some news. God's already there. He's been there. He's 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 been holding us right here, you know, the whole time. He he knows. We don't know. We can't see around the corner. You know, we can see the corner coming. It's a good thing the headlights don't shine all the way home. You know, we'd see lots of stuff in the dark that might make us very, very afraid. Yeah, it's a good thing the headlights don't shine all the way home. But here's Paul saying, I'm the Lord's, right? I mean, it illustrates we're His in, in, in this, this place. We belong to him. We are his. You know, in relationship to what we've been talking about, here's this weaker brother. He belongs to the Lord. Not only that, he belongs to the body, right? It's the body of Christ. Um, it's, 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 I, I'm not going to be able to change things in that person's life. What's it going to take? You were talking about the conscience this morning. We, we, we talked about the conscience last week, and we were talking about some other aspects of the conscience. And Brother Jerry's like, here's the conscience, here's the Holy Spirit, you know, and the relationship, you know, there is there. And we were talking about, and, that, and, and um, I think Donnie may have said some things related to this as he prayed at the end of services last week, but, but here's the conscience. It might be misinformed, right? It might be faulty. Mm hmm. Can be. It could be some things that we went through younger, um, you know, in our, in our younger life that cause us to think about things in a certain way. Um, and so here we're having trouble with that thing. Well, 
the Spirit of God can inform that faulty conscience and correct it, right? So we, we look at that circumstance of there's something that's happening and would we give that you know, response? Well, the Lord's able to make that person stand, that weak person, whatever the case may be, that, whether it's the person that can't drink or the person that can't you know, eat, you know, those things that we, the, the, the day we saw that there's one man regards one day above another, another man regards every day the same. You know, so there's, there's some difficulty there. The Lord's able to make them stand. You know, that's where the conscience kind of, you know, with that and the Spirit of God kind of come together with what we were talking about last week and, and uh, things we've been saying before, some of the things we're saying, you know, even now. But what, what safety we see in belonging to the Lord. The, 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 Lord's, the Lord's a strong and, and mighty tower, you know, and, and the righteous run into that tower, Right? And they're safe. They're safe there. Does that mean I'm not going to have any problems? No. Does that mean there, there aren't going to be you know, arrows being fired by the, by the wicked one at me? No. Does that mean I'm not ever going to be sick another day in my life? No. Uh, does it mean I'm going to enjoy? I'm, I'm going to die one day. I'm going to have to get some kind of sick probably you know, in order for that to happen. I mean, I know I could be taken out by, by 18-wheeler you know, going down the road. Uh, I didn't have to necessarily be sick. You know, that, but... I'm the Lord's. Whatever the Lord chooses to do, there's, there's safety there because I know he's only going to do you know, what is right and what is good. Like I said, the soldiers had determined to kill Paul and everybody else that was a prisoner. They made that determination. That was their plan. They wanted to carry that out. But guess what? They can't do that. God's the one that stayed their hands. I know it came through Julius, the centurion, but God stayed their hand. This belongs to me. This is one of my children. You know, think about it from this perspective. How many blessings fall upon those around us because we do belong to the Lord? If you read through the rest of the chapter, there were 276 souls aboard that ship. They were all spared. Why? Paul's there. God had determined it to be so. You know. But it seems that there was blessing that flowed down upon these others that were there as a result. I don't think we stretch things too far in making you know, that, that connection. There is safety, but there's also service. Paul says, the Lord God whom I serve, whom I serve. You know, Paul begins a lot of his letters this way, doesn't he? Think about places like, what did you say? You mentioned Titus, Titus 1.1. Paul, a servant of God. That's, that's how he starts his letters. You know, Paul, a servant of God. Well, what does it mean to be a servant? Well, we're, we're servant serves, right? Yeah, that's that's an older, you know, thought concept. Now we have table servers. That's still used a little bit, but I remember when the kids were little. I try to use some of these things to wake you up. When the kids were little, they wanted to talk about 
the wait staff being servants. I'm like, no, don't call them that. You know, that's not going to go over well. She's talking, hey, servant, <laughs> you know, come over here. I need some more water in my cup. You know, hey, servant, you know, I, I, I need a little more salad dressing. There's a little light here on the dressing. I'd like to have a little more. I'd like the lettuce to be a little more drenched. I'd like more dressing than salad, you know, whatever the case may be. I need more butter for my baked potato. Servant, come here. That's not going to go over real well for the wait staff, I don't think, even though they're table servers. You know, I don't know if that's used anymore. It has been. But a servant serves. A servant serves. You know, in our case, what are some of the things the Bible calls us? We're ambassadors of Christ. Right? That's, that's one way that we serve. Laborers together. Yeah. And the fields widen to harvest, isn't it? And, and we need to pray to the Lord of the harvest. That what? Hmm? Who are we praying to the Lord of the harvest for? That he'd send more laborers. Because the fields are wide unto harvest. Yeah. So a servant serves. I mean, here we are, ambassadors of Christ. We're, Brother JT says we're laborers, you know, together in the Lord. Um, that's, that's nice, isn't it? Because in that sense, we're all in the same boat. <laughs> we're laborers together. In the Lord. We're, we're those who are called of God. The, the Scripture says that we're, we're priests unto the Lord. We minister. We have the gospel to proclaim, to share with those around us. We worship him and serve him. You think the priest, they worshiped and served the Lord day and night in the temple, didn't they? Here we are. We worship and serve the Lord day and night. You ever wake up in the middle of the night? You've gone to sleep, maybe praying, and you wake up in the middle of the night and kind of pick up right where you left off. You know, or there's some people that come to your mind you know, that you hadn't been praying for before, and the Lord, and the Lord's woke you up, and this person's on your mind. I have no idea what's going on with them. I haven't talked to them in six months, but here they are. And Teresa got a phone call one day. I'm trying to remember who it was. Was it Brother Don, it was Brother Don Johnson? Called the house, and he said, is Russell okay? And Teresa's like, I think so, you know. Uh, well, he's been on my mind, and Teresa's like, oh boy, you know, what's about to happen? You know, Russell's on Don Johnson's mind, you know. Um, To my knowledge, I don't remember anything particular happening. I'm glad I was on his mind. Um, But, um, you know, Brother Brother Woodruff, we talked about that, didn't we? You and I were talking about that last week. I think we were. Um, He'd come up to you and said, I'm praying for you. You're you're on my prayer list. He'd come up to me and said, I guess I need more prayer than some other people. I don't know. But he'd come up and he'd tell me, you're on my three-a-day prayer list. Three times a day, your name, and the way he would put things, you know, three times a day, your name is being called out before God. Take courage, brother. Your name's being mentioned before the throne of God three times a day, every day. I'm poorer that that brother's not here. He's not praying for me three times. I miss him too. I miss him too. But the Lord heard those prayers, and they hadn't gone anywhere, have they? God doesn't forget. We were talking about that too, weren't we? You know, how easily we let things slip. How quickly things pass right out of our minds. In one ear, we talk to our kids that way. That just went in one ear and out the other. Well, guess what? It does it with us too, doesn't it? You know, in one ear and out the other. We need to grab a hold of it you know, as it's, as it's coming by and, and not let those things slip. Hold fast to them. 
Uh, ask the Lord to speak to us, you know, through them. Um, we are not our own. We are the Lord's. We have a sacred office to discharge before God night and day. And Paul here declares who owns him. I mean, that's the potter clay relationship, isn't it? Who owns me? God owns me. Well, what does that mean? That means I am his as a piece of clay, a lump of clay on that wheel to do with whatever he pleases. You know, there's lots of things that get spun off those wheels, right? Hmm? Lots of different kind of vessels, lots of different, you know, whatever the Lord, you know, chooses to do. And we, we know we're all being shaped into the same image, right? What image is that? The image of Christ, right? We might get there a little bit. <laughs> Maybe a few more rough edges over here on me than there are on you. They've got to be smoothed out as, it, as that clay passes through his fingers. You know, things that happen in my life that may not necessarily happen in your life. Things that happen in your life, happen, happen, experiences you have that I don't have, but all the same. The Lord's fashioning us you know, into his image. How many times we go and behold ourselves in that mirror and walk away and forget what we saw. But, but uh, Lord, help us not to do so. But we are, like Brother J.T. said, we are bought. That was 1 Corinthians 6.20. We're bought with the price, right? We're bought with the price. Therefore, what does it say? Therefore, bought with the price. We belong to him. He owns us. He does with us whatever he chooses. He's given us some things in his word that we know that we are to do, right? So 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, You're bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body, in your spirit, which are God's. We belong to him. First Peter 2.9 says, You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. For what purpose? Why? Why are we those things? That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What was Paul standing in the midst of you know, 275 other people? He was standing in the midst of people that were in darkness. It seems like. You know, we didn't see anybody else there, hear of anybody else there calling upon the Lord. I mean, it's kind of reminiscent in the way of Jonah, isn't it? I mean, here Jonah is asleep. <laughs> Talk about safety in a sense. There's this storm. You know, everybody is just busy scurrying about the decks and wondering what you know, is going to happen, and they're all praying to their gods, and they see, they see Jonah asleep. What they say to him? Arise, sleeper. Call upon your God. And so Jonah, you know, tells him, I thought this is all because of me. Throw me overboard. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody telling you that? You know, look, your problems will all be solved if you just cast me overboard. Um, and I'm like, yeah, we can't do that, you know. Yeah, you have to. You have to. And then to see some great fish come up, you know. <laughs> he had a little bit of hope. He was, he was out there at least treading water. But now, you know, this great fish has come and swallowed him up. Uh, we don't know that they knew anything about Jonah after that. There wasn't a Facebook page for them to read, right, Brother Donnie? Um, you know, they thought that was it for him. Boy, that poor guy. Um, but we are a chosen generation, royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that we should show forth the praises of him who hath called us out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, 
but now have obtained mercy. Deuteronomy 32.9 says, For the Lord's portion, anybody, is his... Hmm? Trying to make you think. The Lord's portion is his people. It's already been mentioned, hasn't it? We're his, but he's ours too, isn't he? I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. And it says here, the Lord's portion is his people. I mean... He could have taken whatever portion. You know, he chose to take us you know, as his people. The Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. Jeremiah 31, 33 says, But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law into their hearts. Isn't that remarkable? Isn't that wonderful? I mean, here we are dwelling between his, his, his shoulders and he's put his law, you know, into our hearts. And he says, in their inward parts, and I will write it in their hearts and will be their God. And they, they might be, they could be. I hope they might be. I hope they, they are. No, it says here that they shall be my people. God's determined that we, we are his, Right? He is ours. We are the Lord's. He's determined that we should be his portion. Take courage. Take heart. Be encouraged this morning. Rejoice even that you're the Lord's. That he's taken you, you, to be his portion. I don't know that we ever think to any great lengths of detail in this regard, but I've, I've spoken with people who've had very, very difficult lives. They've come out of some, some bad situations. And they would say, who am I that the Lord should show such mercy unto me? I mean, Paul was in that kind of position, wasn't he? I mean, he persecuted the church, put, put Christians to death. I'm the chief of sinners. You know, who am I the Lord should choose me and to make, to draw me here into this place that I would dwell, you know, between his shoulders? You know, I was a sinner, the chief of sinners. I stunk of sin. And the Lord's pure and holy, and he's taken me unto himself. He became sin for us, right? Who knew no sin, that we might become what? The righteousness of God in him that we could be drawn to that place. Zechariah 13 verse 9 says, I will bring the third part through the fire and refine them as silver is refined and try them as gold is tried and they shall call on my name and I'll ignore them. No. They shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say, it is my people that are calling upon me. It is my portion. It is my inheritance that's calling upon my name. I will say it is my people, and they shall say the Lord is my God. We are the Lord's. The Lord is my God. This is the thing that Paul's saying in the midst of those 275 souls that were saved aboard that ship. One man said, Blessed is the person who can with sincerity and joy of heart claim Paul's testimony, God whose I am. Isn't that amazing? I belong to God. 
God whose I am and whom I serve, who amid all the scenes which may be presented on the troubled ocean of this world, he says, can continue to pray, O God, I am thine, I serve thee, be thou my preserver. That's what he said. I thought about 1 Corinthians 3.13, every man's work shall be made manifest. We talked about serving, be a servant, right? We're ministering. Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day we shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Why am I bringing that up in relationship to this and where we are in Romans 14? Well, if you read in Romans 14 further down, you find out about this whole thought and idea of us judging one another. How we respond to one another, our responsibility to one another. What are we like towards one another? What's our ministry like to one another? What's our ministry like outside of the church? You know, towards those who are outside. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Every motive is going to be melted down to its basis, what was behind it. This goes back to the conversation Brother Jerry and I were having about the conscience earlier. Because he said this. He said, even an unbeliever can follow the dictates of the conscience to some degree and do what's right. I said, yep. But what's the motive? What's the motive? We're talking about boiling down every motive to its base element. Why do we do what we do? We are the Lord's. We belong to Him. I am His and He is mine. Think about Abraham in Genesis twenty two eleven. The angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am I. We're the Lord's. Lord, you're calling my name. Here I am. What would you have me to do? Yeah. The whole idea of Samuel that we thought of earlier. So here we are this morning. We are the Lord's. It matters what we do and what we say and how we respond and how we treat one another. And what we say to one another, what we do for one another. How about the Lord saying, when I was sick, you came and when I was in prison, you came and, and, and the righteous are like, Lord, when did we see you sick and come and visit you? When, when were you in prison and we came to see, to see you? When were you hungry and we fed you? When were you thirsty and we gave you a drink? What does he say? Inasmuch as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. You've done it unto me. Does it matter? It matters. Doesn't it? it matters? It matters. Isaiah forty nine fifteen says, "Can a woman, can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Can it happen? Has it happened? Have mothers thrown babies into dumpsters? Yeah. What does the Lord say? They may forget, yet I will not forget thee. He's got you right here." Right here. He's holding you right here. So, it does matter. Take care how you treat what belongs unto Him. What belongs unto Him? 
everything. <laughs> Take care how you treat it. You know, it. It's precious. It's been bought with a price. The precious blood of Christ. And if we mistreat it, the Lord will chasten us. He will chasten us. So it matters. It does matter. I'm trying to skip through some things because we're, we're out of time, but I'm trying to do better. Pray for this crooked stick. You know. <laughs> Pray for this crooked stick. The Lord would use this crooked stick for your benefit. The Lord would take this crooked stick that He's called to stand in this place and, and, and use in your lives and, and be of benefit to you. And, and seek to be a blessing to you, and seek to, pick the, to preach the truth to you, and, 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 and yearn in myself as you're praying for me that I'm yearning to see Christ formed in you. you know, that I would have that same sort of burden. You see Paul talking about, he said, all these things are happening, and, and then on top of that he said, and then there's the burden that I have for the church. For the saints. So whether we live or we die, we are the Lord's. So be encouraged. You belong to Him. You belong to Him who can do no wrong. You belong to Him who is more powerful than anything in the whole universe. You belong to Him who is only going to do what is good and right for you. You're His. You're His portion. He's begun a good work in you. Well, He denied me three times. Kick Him to the curb. No. Peter, you're my portion. I prayed for you that your faith fell not. When you recover, strengthen the brethren. Uh, we are the Lord's. So be encouraged. What He's given us to do, it's going to prosper. We, we may feel, um, um, and we are insufficient. Where's our sufficiency? What's the Bible say? It's of God, right? We are in, we're not sufficient for these things. But our sufficiency is of the Lord who can take crooked sticks and use them. Right? Our sufficiency is of God. He can take us and use us for His glory, to His honor. Praise His name. Worship Him. To speak forth His name before the nations. Um, I'll mention this, Brother Jerry, something that he has in his heart, on, on my heart too, has been on my heart for years uh, to do um, in, in whatever capacity you know, that we can. Um, and and it, you know, continue to pray about it, the Lord's in it, we certainly want to do it. It's, it's already on his heart to, to, to do himself, you know, but, but as, as a church, I think it would be a good thing if, if the Lord would lead us in this direction. But I've thought about it for years. There's, there's some of them back there. There's a little Gospel of John. Have you all seen the little booklet back there that says Gospel of John on it? Um, when we had a business in town, um, we went out to the post office and figured out we could do bulk mailings you know, to, to, to people, and, and you could target you know, certain areas, and, and um, you know, we could start here and you know, spread out. But, and, and, and Brother Jerry and I talked about it. I mean, it doesn't mean that we're going to see a, a bunch of people come. That's not the end. The end is God be glorified. Christ be exalted. Um, and so I, I asked him, I said, well, when you, when you did it there, you know, 
and I want to say Tomball. It wasn't Tomball. It was Magnolia. Um, but when you did it there, I said, was, was there any fruit that you could see? You know. And he said, well, there are a few people that came. They kind of fizzled out and didn't last long. And I said, well, brother, we're poor judges you know, of that. Who knows what the Lord might have done in, in those people's lives, even to this day. Um, so, you know, it, it's something we're considering praying, you know, with us about that. Um, I mean, certainly sermon audio makes them available for a very, very small cost for, for really something that's, that's produced really well. I mean, it's, it's full color, you know, on the cover and all, and it's, 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 it's a high quality printing that they do there. But um, you even have the opportunity to have something printed in it, you know, uh, you know, as from, you know, the church, you know, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. If the, Lord, if the Lord purposes that we should do that, why was I bringing it up for this cause? It's, it's, it's not for no reason. It's not to no avail. What God purposes, it's going to prosper. It's going to prosper. Uh, we may not see the, the visible fruits of it here, but the yield that it might have in people's lives around us could be immense. Could be immense. Sending those out by mail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sending those out by mail. Sorry, I may not have made that clear. Thank you, sister, for asking the question. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I'll read that passage to you. Isaiah fifty-five, ten, and 11. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and make it to bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word that be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereinto I sin it. We water, we plant, and we water, right? We sow seed, we water the seed. You know, one person comes along sowing, another person comes along watering, but what? God gives the increase. God gives the increase. So we do what the Lord's called us to do because we're His. We're his, and we leave those results in his hand. He gives the increase. He gives the increase. Well, let's, let's stand and go once again to the Lord in prayer. Um, I trust only in the Lord there might have been something there that was of some benefit to, to you this morning. I skipped over some things, but and I probably should have skipped over them before. Some other things, I don't know. Um, I don't want to wear you out. Um, I, I saw some, some. I have I have the vantage point, don't I? I can see everybody's faces, and I can see you when you get sleepy. Um, and you know what? You can't control that. <laughs> Sleep's not something you can control. Believe me, I was up Friday night till two or Saturday morning. I was up Saturday night you know, or Sunday morning, you know, beyond midnight. And, and I'll sit there and I'll, I, I, I am determined to get into God's Word and study and, and it's quiet during those times. Or get up at four in the morning, you know, and it's quiet during those times. And I'm determined, you know, Lord, speak. I want to hear, you know, from you. But, and here I am. I mean, I'm not just reading some magazine, Brother Jerry. This is the Word of God. And I fell asleep. You can't control that. Your, your body will shut down at some point. I'm going to pay for staying up late Friday, and I'm going to pay for staying up late last night, today. 
You know, I'll crash at some point. And I, I have been here sitting across from Brother Marvin or somebody else, and as we're talking, I'm like, you know, I, just, I feel horrible about it. And I know that you feel bad when you fall asleep during services, but, you know, and, and I'm not saying, you know, that, that necessarily you shouldn't feel bad if you stayed up all night, you know, watching movies. You know, that would be one thing. But sleep isn't something you can control. Um, I, I, I know in your heart, you're like, I want to stay awake. I want to hear. I don't want to fall asleep. You know, I'm responsible for the word that's spoken. You know, I want to hear what it says. I want to hear what the Lord gave the pastor to preach today. I want to know what it is the Lord's saying. I want to see, Lord, is there anything in there for, that, for me that I need to focus on, that I need to think about more, uh, that I need to put into action more in my life? And that goes for me too. I get to hear it more than you. I mean, I've been thinking on these things all week. And I told Brother Jerry this morning, you could ask me what I preached two weeks ago and I might not be able to tell you. That's sad. But I could ask you the same thing and you might not be able to tell me. <laughs> we let so many things slip, don't we? Romans 14. That's good, brother. That's good. The Bible. Yeah, that's where you were. Fully persuaded. See, Cohen's got a young mind still. When I was when I was younger, Cohen, my dad, after services, son, what was the message today about? Well, there's lots of times I'm like, uh, you know, scrambling for some words, something, you know. Yeah, I, I couldn't get away with that. <laughs> Not that I'm saying they they were able to, you know, um, but but um, there were there were there were lots of times I'm sure I probably gave him, you know, an answer, and I can remember sitting there and listening to the preacher preach and some of the things that he spoke. Like, what is that? I don't I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't understand that word, um, and why I didn't go and ask him. He's asking me why I didn't go and ask him. Dad, what does that mean? But I would just shelve it. And there's been years down the road that the Lord's taken that off the shelf and says, this is that that was spoken unto you. And I'm like, wow, that's still there. You know, I mean, Donnie works with computers. And I'm sure those computers there have a lot of memory. And there's servers and there's racks and there's, you know, stuff everywhere and wires going all over the place. But this thing here, I mean, it's all there. It's all there, and it has a capacity that is far supersedes the supercomputer even. Um, I mean, the mind had to develop that supercomputer, right? It didn't develop itself. Um, so what an incredible thing the mind is. Uh, Lord, help us. And, and the Bible talks about the Spirit bringing things to our remembrance, you know, so Lord, help us. Uh, bring those things to our remembrance. Oh, see, now we're getting in some technical details uh, compared to megawatts that a computer uses. Three watts compared to megawatts. Yeah. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, aren't we? Rejoice and give God the glory. Give God the praise. All right, well, let's, let's pray.